need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. China Business Cast, episode number 38. I'm all by myself today. Unfortunately, Shlomo can't be with us on our intro, but it will be soon enough. Him and I will get together. There's the RISE conference in Hong Kong, and he's coming all the way over from Israel, so I can't wait to catch up. It's been a while since we've met in person. Okay, and now for this week's show, we have the number 38. We're getting up there in the numbers, and we have James Flanagan. He's up in Beijing doing amazing things with community building and events, and he shares about community building in China as well as just in general. So let's tune in. So hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to another China Business Cast. We're in episode number 38 and Mike here as always. Hey, Mike. Hey, Shlomo, what's up? And we've got our guest, James Flanagan. Hey, James. Hey, how are you? We're good, we're good. So today we're talking about building communities in China. And uh, I'm going to give a very short intro about James here and how we met. So I met James while living in Beijing. In my opinion, he's one of the major community builders and engine behind Barcamp, TEDx in Beijing. And as far as I know, and we'll talk about this in a minute, part of the World Economic Forum. And these are at least the things that I'm aware of and other events in China, in Beijing as well, and and in China in general. James, just before we spoke, I had another look at your LinkedIn profile. And it says, media and tech, TEDx, Yangland, plus others. And I think this is really represents what you're doing. And I mean, you're doing so many stuff. So how about making sense in all these activities and the things that you're involved in for our audience? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, uh, the, the way to think about everything that I do is um, I build and um, create and then operate brands. That's that's basically it. And then usually those, uh, those brands sit somewhere close to the media sector or the tech sector. A lot of that is related to events. Sometimes that's related to training. Sometimes that might be related to a an organizational brand. All right. So so yeah, James, we we've known each other also for quite a few years, and uh, I met in Beijing, and we've been talking online. And I I yeah, we I'm always impressed with your work. With I remember TEDx Beijing, and and we've talked about co working spaces and everything. So I'm really happy to have you on the show. Uh, you're also involved with Yanglan, which is uh, Oprah Winfrey of China. So I, I'm not working for her anymore, but it's someone I, I worked for for a couple of years, uh, helping with uh, media projects with uh, with AOL, and uh, helping do a bit of international uh, internationalization of the brand, also setting up some events for her here in China. Um, so so this is someone that it's basically the same same kind of stuff. It's uh, it's always the cross border media platforms. That's what the sort of the interest is. So that's uh, true with TED. I mean, in the TEDx Beijing is produces Chinese language content for in China about things that are going here. Uh, produces English language content for people who are outside of China who want to know what's going on, and then also produces um, Chinese and English language content about stuff in general. And that's true for for the bar camp events as well. It's uh, looking at more creativity and more exchange, and then uh, people like uh, Young Lan that's also her brand internationally and. Uh, 
looking at how things, uh, new ideas come into China. Awesome. Cool. You mind if we talk a little bit about the tech community, especially in Beijing? This is the one I know of more. And in my opinion, you're, you're one of those experts for, for building the China foreign community uh, after TEDx and after Bergkamp. Um, and I'm trying to understand what is the drive behind all that for, for, for bringing all these events and building the community. Uh, personally for you, I mean, this can be also a global thing, but personally for, for James. Sure. I mean, uh, why, why do I spend so much time organizing events? Um, so, the, <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a couple different reasons. Um, for me, it's being able to think about what's new. So being able to, to bring a, a few different people together, organize panels, moderate panels, uh, work with speakers for presentations, that type of stuff. That actually allows me to think about what is being developed, what are the current trends, what's what's really going on, and have a, a really understanding of uh, technology in general, or new developments in new sectors, or really just um, it's stimulating intellectually. Um, I get to meet a lot of different people. So in the end, it's not really about the, doing the event. The event is sort of an excuse for me to actually get to meet all these people and, and to talk about what's, uh, what's interesting, what's new, and have a really good understanding of uh, different sectors. So just a... Uh, uh... Follow-up questions. So, so you're not talking generally about. So, so you're learning more on different topics from meeting those people and then getting, let's call it the right coverage for. I mean, learning about all those topics and, and then diving into the ones that you're more interested in. Um, sometimes, I mean, I, I'm interested in things that I, I'm not interested in. Uh, so, meaning that if um, I'm interested in knowing about topics that I know nothing about, and maybe there's a reason I, I should be interested in them. Um, so, you know, having a range of topics is also uh, interesting. Uh, you know, yesterday, for example, I hosted a, a panel at uh, this big uh, WeChat event in uh, in Beijing. And so I'm not necessarily an expert about uh, how to monetize on WeChat. I'm not an expert about like a lot of different types of strategies that people are doing on WeChat. But I got the opportunity to meet with the, uh, the panelists before the actual event and brainstorm with them what's, what they found interesting right now. So, you know, I talked to someone who's a has a very large following on uh, their WeChat account, uh, how she built it up, um, how she created uh, different personalities, uh, how she thought about the content itself and the types of people that she was in, engaging with, uh, what would it be interesting for a Chinese audience, that, those types of questions. So, you know, just spending the time with people before an actual event and planning out the content, it gives me, for let's say, an hour of, uh, or even... 30 minutes of content, I've spent maybe four hours or five hours uh, talking with people or working with people on uh, what could be interesting and really bringing a whole bunch of things together so that by the time the, the actual panel comes together, I, I already know at least an hour of content. I could go on and like talk and talk and talk. Uh, but so, so that I can always make sure that the, the panels are interesting, but I know exactly what we talked about, um, the stories that, that might take a bit more digging to, to do. So, you know, on the, on the panel, again, to, to go back to that, I, I did, there's a couple of stories that uh, I got from uh, the panelists uh, before actually going to the event that I know that if I hadn't had those stories before the actual panel, uh, I wouldn't have found them during the panel. So meaning it took me maybe 45 minutes of talking on an individual basis with someone to actually get some mm -hmm. interesting, uh, juicy aspects. Uh, so that then having those juicy aspects actually make the 
make the panel much more interesting. Uh, so I can sort of jump to those stories without having to dig around with, uh, with the panelist on, on stage. Uh, so there's, there's all this prep work that, uh, that's actually quite interesting. And then the, the, the performance of the panel is actually very easy after that. Got it. I see. So, uh, basically when I boil this down, it seems like you're a community builder or you start, help start communities. Uh, would that maybe, if I'm, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that's right. And, uh, so if, how do you basically build these communities or what would you do is a way to grow them for, for listeners? Sure. I mean, I don't know if I think about it as community building really, because it's, there's a lot of different types of communities. There's a lot of different ways to think about that. There's, there's people who are active with teams. Um, and so sometimes you're, you're just dealing with large volunteer uh, groups. And so technically you can talk about them as a community itself. Uh, so then the bar camp team is a team of people who are is also a community because it don't, they're, you know, no one's a full, it's full time. They don't hang out every once in a while. So you have to manage that group of people as well. And then the, the people who show up to the events are another community. So it's, it's hard to community. I don't know if it's the right word because it's really just sound, starts to sound like a, a group that shares um, a certain kind of work uh, output or shows up at a certain event at the same time. There's, if you really want to talk about community, you really want to talk about identity. Um, so what's more interesting is, is actually talking about um, how people identify with different groups, uh, what they want to get out of groups, that type of stuff. So if I'm quote unquote in the tech community, what I'm really talking about is I'm involved with uh, companies that do uh, technology work or that are in startups or that might be on the financial side of uh, the startup ecosystem or or I might actually be um, interested in the hardware and have been playing around with stuff. You know, so, so it's sort of more of a community of practice or a community of learning or a community of uh, sharing. Uh, so, so those are the types of categorizations that you can start thinking about. The way I think about it is more around creating groups of people that want to learn. That's the, the most interesting thing for me. It's just making sure that I'm creating groups that are curious. So if, if you think about the, the events like Bar Camp or TEDx, the those events are really about sharing uh, new ideas or sharing best practices or sharing uh, insights that people have or uh, sharing stories. I mean, it's like not really very much in depth. Sometimes it uh, can be very broad. So, so what's more important? All the people that are at the events are actually curious, so that then the initial conversation, the initial speech, starts some kind of curiosity and people go off and dig for an hour or have a, another conversation or follow-up conversation. And so, you know, the way I think about building groups uh, together around certain uh, topics or certain themes is uh, more around, um, sometimes it's the intersection between different fields. So thinking about, you know, I'm working right now on a an event around mobility. So mobility is the way that car companies are talking about themselves now. They're there's driverless cars already on uh, available, and uh, there's going to be more and more driverless cars. So people are starting to wonder, you know, what is a car manufacturing company really going to be about? Is it really just going to be selling cars, or do you, are they going to be disrupted by technology companies? I mean, how is that going to work? So the the way that the car companies are starting to brand themselves now is to think about themselves as mobility providers. So they're providing the service of transportation. Uh, so you might not even need to know how to drive a car, but you still might be a purchaser of a car. Uh, but really, in the end, they're providing you a mobility solution. So 
then I'm looking at this uh, this concept. What's interesting about this concept around mobility is actually there's topics around artificial intelligence that fall into that. There's topics around liability, so software liability. If I'm the programmer who who built the the program for a car and the car has an accident, am I liable? Is the driver liable? Is the company liable? Like who is liable where? So there's topics like that. And so then progressively, if you actually think about the the topic of mobility, you actually start to, to think that there's a whole bunch of different people who could be interesting to bring together that can definitely learn from each other, that will definitely benefit from being around each other. Uh, but again, they, they all need to have this thing of being curious and willing to share because or else the, the conversations are not going to be that interesting. So sometimes that means that actually the, the groups that I bring together are smaller than than uh, than I, they could be. So I might not advertise things uh, very far. I might just make sure that there's the right types of people there. I see. Got it. Thank you. Um, can you, because you mentioned TEDx, and I know there are many, many other TEDx events around the world, can you maybe outline how do you start one? What do you need to for that? Like, you need the permission from TED, I guess. It's kind of just the ongoing thing of how exactly you do it if you want to start it from scratch. I'm sure that's very interesting for, for the audience. Um, sure. Well, I, I've been doing this for years, so it's, uh, it's hard for me to, to know, actually, what are the requirements now. <laughs> In general, the, the licenses are related to a specific uh, location. So, you know, either city level or university or a neighborhood, sometimes a street, sometimes a school. Sometimes the organizers are in high school. Sometimes they're university students. Sometimes they're professionals. It really depends. So you know, it's kind of it's very broad. In in the end, though, what's important is that people think about again, what is the type of people that they want to bring together? Is there you know learning community that can be built? Is there a group of people that could be brought together to to share across uh, disciplines and uh, really learn about things that are going on outside of their own field of work? So, you know, as long as someone is, is interested in that kind of uh, bringing those kinds of people together, I mean, then, then you can think about uh, creating a TEDx event. Cool. Uh, working with TED or maybe TEDx is a different organization. Do you, are you communicate with them on that? How does that work? Sure. I mean, the, the organization is uh, pretty huge. I mean, the, the amount of um, organizers around the world is, is very large, so there's not really that much administration. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's uh, videos that you're supposed to be doing after the, uh, at the event. You're uploading a video somewhere. You're doing a post-event uh, checklist. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you're, you're supposed to do. I see. There's general outline that you get from them, kind of guidance. But then you go on with your mm-hmm. event. Yeah. Got well, it. All right. And then the World Economic Forum... So you are a global shaper, is that that's the title? That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's the title. That's a pretty cool, cool <laughs> one. And how does uh, are you open for others to to help, or how does how does one get involved, and or maybe give some background about the organization and and how people can can participate or join? Right. So the World Economic Forum has a few communities that exist. One of them is the Global Shaper. It's sort of the the youngest of the communities. That's uh, for people from, who are doing already quite well in their careers in a whole bunch of different sectors. So it might be business or politics or media or private sector, public sector, really just about any part in, in society. And the people who are in their 20s to 30s, so early 20s to early 30s. And then the, it's the global network. So you're, the hub team in Beijing is, um, uh, gets together and produces um, activities and events uh, that bring either 
thought leaders from different fields or stakeholders or depending on the, where you are. So, you know, China has, a, has certain limitations, but depending on where you are, having uh, creating social impact uh, projects, uh, highlighting issues that exist in, uh, in specific communities or uh, different sectors in society, uh, that's what the, the organization does. So for how to get involved with this is uh, depending on the, the city and uh, where people are, people can apply locally and then uh, get recruited uh, for to be able to join a group of, uh, of young people who are quite uh, active in their careers. I see. I want to go a little bit because we're talking about uh, entrepreneurship and startup. Mm-hmm. This is part of our audience. And uh, I think that what's most difficult for startups, especially online one, is building a community around their product or service. Right. I mean, when you're doing when you're doing event, I mean, everybody are there and you're getting people and, and, and people see you. I think it's a little easier. But when you're going online, of course, this is, these are the masses. But uh, I think that just for starting out, it's very, very difficult. And I wonder how similar you think that online community building versus offline how these things uh, differ or or similar, and also if you have maybe best practices for those going online here. Mm. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, the the thing to remember with uh, with building groups and followers and uh, it is it, it takes an enormous amount of time. So, meaning producing content for a group of people that might be just following you, not even interacting, is is very, very time-intensive. Even if it's uh, just writing something, if it's producing a video, if it's producing an event, um, production is actually very time-consuming. So what's important is to think about really all the same... You know, so actually, when I, when I put together an event, I do think about uh, similar types of uh, principles as being startup or any of the, the type of uh, development um, user acquisition type of models that exist around the developing startups. And you think about events as a as a startup on their own. So there's a specific type of thing that can happen at the event. There's a specific kind of um, experience that might that people might want to have. There's a price that they might be paying or the sponsors are paying for a price or there's an outcome or there's service or there's like, yeah, so I definitely do think about events as individual products. Mm-hmm. So the, the question around like uh, community building is, well, <laughs> you need to be interesting and you need to start with the people uh, somewhere. So I usually do start with people that I personally know and uh, see they can benefit from events and then extend to, to the people that they know and then uh, definitely use word of mouth. And so progressively you, you're able to, to get a group of people that, that might respond to the, the product offering. But so it's time intensive to produce something, but also it takes time. So meaning that one event might, I might start off small just to make sure that it's the right people and then repeat and repeat and repeat and progressively have the, the right types of people there. I try to, to limit marketing to, to not have too, too broad of a reach so that then it's, uh, it brings into people that were, that might not be a great fit and that That's once people are part of a community, then it's, uh, it's hard to, to have them leave. So it's important to grow a community slowly so that you actually have all the right types of people. And once you've hit a critical mass, then uh, the culture of that community can, can actually persist. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the critical mass depends on what you're actually doing and how close people are and how often they see each other and how what it needs to take it to, to maintain a culture. But, yeah, you know, I'm, 
I don't really think of uh, a lot of time I hear people talk about community, and but I don't think they really know what community means. Sounds to me that you think that online community is actually very similar to offline. It's just a, maybe different numbers. Oh, well, people are people, right? Yeah, people are people. Uh, just that uh, instead of reaching, I don't know, 1,000 people, you want to go with 10 million. or And the critical mass would yeah, might 10 be million, that's 1 million. Community. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking yeah, about like the a community. community is, uh, like, do you think Americans are a community? Like, if, uh, is uh, being an American being part of a community? That's 310, no, no, uh, 20 no, 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 million no. people? I'm talking about, so let's say you're a startup and you're building a product or a service and you want people to use it mm-hmm. and then you're building, it's actually your users, but it, essentially it's a community after all. Well, it's a, only a community if people feel like they're a community. Uh, you know, like, so think about a bar. There's different types of bars. Mm-hmm. There's like the local bar down the street where you know the uh, the guy behind the bar and he gives you free drinks every once in a while and like you chat about stuff and he knows the name of your dog and like like it's <laughs> the relationship there is definitely a place that's much more than just a, a service provider. But then, you know, you might go to a hotel bar uh, that uh, you only go to like once or twice a year. You don't recognize any of the staff there. You're definitely at a place where you're not part of a community. And, and so there's, if you think about different types of bars, like the, the bars and, and hotels in general, if you think about, let's say, Hyatt or whatever, there might be high traffic where the types of people showing up are, are just in town for, for a bit and, and don't even live in the place. And then there's the, your, local, uh, your local bar where, where everyone in there probably knows each other. And that's a real community, right? Like they're not really all there because they like to hang out with each other, but they're all there because like they, they progressively know each other. I think it's kind of probably most companies don't have real communities. You know, does Kellogg's have a community? Probably not. Does Pepsi have a community? Probably not. They probably have like mm-hmm. fans or followers or people that interact with the brand, but they, they don't really know the name of the marketing manager, right? They're, they don't have a personal relationship with the brand. They might have a right. relationship with the brand, but it's not a community. I see. I see. I think that these days there's also, well, I mean, companies moving more towards bringing, uh, I mean, uh, let their users communicate with each other. I'm not going to talk about Facebook, obviously, uh, but I'm talking about other startups, other companies, which then let them share information about the product. And then that brings them to use it more and, and like it more and also contributing for mm-hmm. the next development stages of that product. Do you have an example? Do you have a type of company that you actually think about? Yeah, I can think of uh, Xiaomi. I can think of perhaps mm-hmm. OnePlus example. So everywhere where you see a very wide energetic forum around a product, you're essentially creating a community. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't meet each other, uh, at some point there is a critical mass. And then, you know, as, as, as you've mentioned, the, the, the community is just staying alive and they don't need to be alive. They don't need to compete. The, the way I think about a community is, uh, is more like, okay, if you think about the, the bar camp events that, uh, that you've been to before, the point of the event is, is actually it maintains the, the relationship between people rather than between the organizers and the, uh, the individual participants. My impression with uh, you know, large companies is that they're not really enabling uh, relationships between individual users, you know, unless it's someone, something like Facebook, but Facebook is specifically a service provider for communications. I would say probably hardware manufacturers don't have communities of, of around them. They have maybe users that they, they manage a large uh, relationships with. But I, I don't think there's a lot, probably a lot of communication that happens um, between the, the users independently. Uh, so meaning that probably most of the conversation that happens between the individual users is enabled by the company directly. 
Whereas something like bar camp might be you met someone at bar camp, but then you'll have coffee with them later in another place. And maybe you'll go hang out at, at some other point. And, uh, but, or you'll, you know that you can run into this person at the next bar camp and it'll be great to, to see them. And like, it's basically the, the event and organization sort of enables certain types of uh, relationships to exist rather than being, I, I just basically, my, my point is that I don't think when people talk about community or community users, they don't really mean community. They really have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, they're just talking about like large ways of uh, doing mass communication. That's two ways. Got you. Okay, great. Wow, James, this has been really uh, helpful. And thank you for your time today. And uh, you have a lot of different things you're working on. Maybe what are ways people can reach out to you and uh, what websites can they visit or to learn more? Sure. Uh, you can probably just email me. <laughs> Or find me on Twitter, I guess, uh, James K. Flanagan. Things that you can learn more. Well, there's all the events that we're involved with. Uh, so, you know, obviously the text dating uh, platform. And uh, Barcamp, we, we have a Barcamp coming up in two weeks, uh, in three weeks, uh, on uh, May 14. So, yeah, if people want to come to that, that'll be great. Okay, awesome. Yeah, we'll link it up on the show notes, as always. And uh, thank, thanks again, James. Yeah, sure, no problem. James, thanks. Thanks. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.